Songhezo Mapete on SAFM. 21.30, a South African settle into the routine and inconvenience and institutionalization of load shedding and planning the activities around shifting electricity supply. It is businesses that are taking the biggest hit through the loss of operational capability, productivity and profitability especially. The electricity shortfall makes it crucial for organizers to reconsider their power supply systems. There is no silver bullet to solving this challenge. Businesses need to take a holistic approach when looking at securing their power supply. Nick Wester is an MD at Inframid and consulting and consultant in energy efficiency takes us through five essential aspects to consider when making a plan for alternative power supply for your business. And I would imagine in many respects, power supply for your home as well. Nick Wistazen, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Sankhiza, and also good evening to the listeners. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Talk to us, please, about what are the five essential aspects a business owner, or possibly a homeowner, ought to consider when making a plan for alternative power supply. Yes, uh, Sangeza, it's, um, uh, I would say there's at least five years, of mm. which the first is, of course, uh, understanding your load and knowing exactly what you are dealing with. And then uh, secondly, uh, the uh, consideration would be to understand your connection that you actually have with your utility and know which rates you are working on. And yes, and then after that, you can start thinking about do you need backup or don't you need backup? And if you do have backup and, and you are applying backup, uh, whether you need to be able to seamlessly transfer that backup to your um, load and to the systems that you are using, such as computers and DSTV, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, yes, and then lastly, the um, consideration of uh, saving energy and you could do that by means of many things, by, uh, by actually um, looking at the different load systems you have and whether you can make that more energy efficient or not. And then, uh, of course, by applying things such as solar energy or wind energy, etc. Some of these alternative energy sources relative to ESCOM, certainly high, high input costs at least high capital expenditure up front. Do you just want to give us a sense as to clearly there is somebody out there who is absolutely had it with ESCOM, even homeowners for that matter, and they want to migrate. Where should they migrate? How should they migrate? What costs should they expect to incur? And where do they first start? And of course, everything turns on research. What is the first port of call in terms of gathering the relevant information for the migration from ESCOM energy to renewable sources or alternative energy supply? Yes, I think the, the first thing to understand, and, I, and you've mentioned it right in the beginning, there, there's no silver bullet approach uh, regarding this. So you, you can't really say, this is how you do it and that's how you go about it. Uh, but you need to approach it holistically and um, understand that different organizations and companies and businesses have different uh, 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 things that they need to consider in their load. But um, it, it's always good to, uh, a good start is, is always to make sure that the systems that you are uh, implementing in your load are of a low energy uh, usage type, and, and that's always a good starting point. But then, then you need to look at all the other factors, such as uh, what is your requirement for backup and 
and uh, which of your systems are considered essential systems that you need seamless power supplies for, etc. Yes, so it's 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 um, as you said, it's. It's not a, a silver bullet approach. <laughs> you mentioned something which really took me back to when I was a little lighty, when load shedding was actually something which I thought was quite normal in a rural eastern Cape in the former Siskai region. A just brief anecdote. We knew there would be power cuts, and what we would do to sort of try and mitigate against the inevitable effect of power cuts, we would take a car battery and jumpers and connect them as though you're about to jumpstart a car. And I don't know what was happening at the back end. For instance, our radio systems were connected via this car battery, the television set even, and a whole host Mm -hmm. of other aspects which required electricity, but for want of its availability, we would go through the car battery system. That was, even at that time, the backup system to which you refer. What innovations are there that are available, including that car battery system that one has readily available for oneself to at least not necessarily take over ESCOM, but at least to cushion the landing somewhat? Yes, it's, it's amazing. You know, when you were talking about the car battery, etc., it's amazing the innovation that can start taking place when you deal with these things um, and when you really do have a, a need and a and a problem you need to solve. Uh, but yes, the um, the systems that, of course, that, that we uh, quite are familiar with uh, would be solar energy and uh, also, you know, you talk, when you talk about backup systems, of course, your, your diesel generation is always a good option. And nowadays, uh, gas is becoming more and more so uh, prominently uh, uh, available and uh, yes, so um, the the uh, it, it it can be quite widely um, uh, taken that that you have many options that you can consider. But um, I, I think the first thing that you need to uh, try and solve is making sure that you have energy, especially if you're a business, that you have energy available when you cannot rely on your utilities. But where does one start looking for that energy? For instance, on SABC yesterday, um, Mike Brown was on television talking to, among other things, how they've been able to just circumvent the challenges that are faced by ESCOM in that they've got backup systems that kick in immediately when ESCOM systems are no longer operational. Now, a small business clearly doesn't have that kind of system because NetBank is it's, it's a serious business. What is on the market that I can go to tomorrow and get? Because I know at 3 p.m. tomorrow I will have load shedding effectively until close of business. So if I want to now make sure I am in operation for those last two and a half hours, say until half past five of business, I can go and get it at retail. What is that? Well, I think your your most common uh, system that you have available these days would be your uh, diesel generation or, or petrol generation, uh, and these things are available on the market quite quite uh, uh, easily. And um, yes, and that's that's basically it. And uh, I don't think you would be thinking to apply renewable energy for that kind of purpose. Uh, why not? I hope that answers your question. Why would no, no, it does. But why wouldn't I want to go renewable energy for that purpose? Because I mean, I'm guaranteed um, it's going to be taking place for the next 
what, 18 months to, 20, to, to 24 months. So that's what. I basically might as well make that investment, make the move all together, and especially in the conversations that are now taking place, that the privatization of ESCOM, the unbundling that might come with it, who knows what that's going to churn out. As business, I cannot afford that uncertainty. So why wouldn't I make the investment in renewable? Um, if if you, you were thinking of having it as a backup supply, so renewable energy would normally be um, solar energy or wind energy of that kind, and that is not in essence a backup supply because you, you are not quite sure whether you would have it available or not. Um, for instance, if you have solar, uh, you would need a battery backup with that uh, to to provide that. As you said, you, people became quite innovative with all, all kinds of things and using batteries as those. Um, so, yes, so um, that would be the reason for that. When I asked that question two questions ago in terms of what is available on the market, you, you mentioned the generator. The mm-hmm. generator has been there since time immemorial in the context of electricity as we know it. What mm-hmm. might you yes. attribute then to what I understand from what is not available on the market is a lack of innovation then. Why, what might you attribute to this so-called lack of innovation? Or have I got it wrong altogether? I wouldn't say it's a lack of innovation. Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of innovation taking place, but, but there are horses for courses. And uh, if, if you are mm. solely looking at providing a backup to keeping your business going, that should be able to keep that going any time of the day. So obviously solar would not be the only answer to that. You might need solar with sufficient amount of battery. But bearing in mind that your solar plus battery is is rather expensive in comparison with your run of the mill diesel generation. Mm. And um and that might that is de- definitely more expensive than just having a utility of of good nature. And, and of, of um, uh, good supply. Um, yes, so I hope that answers that part of your question. No, no, you, you, you're getting there. Now, for the home, which is a completely different um, need, if you like, for the purposes of power, you almost need it 24-7 for your fridge, for cooking, for those who are at home at, at irregular times, and the integrity of the home, and especially when you employ defense systems or security systems, you need power, you need energy, you need electricity. What is there that is not necessarily readily available, but nonetheless available, that is not expensive. Because a lot of these systems, the migration, capital expenditure up front, is just, it's, it's, it's a barrier to entry for many South African homes, especially in the light of this current economic climate. So so you, you are referring to your typical household yes, yes, uh, please. Um, requirement typical household. that you would have. Then, then a, a system that is normally charged by your utility um, onto a battery kind of system would be your best solution for that, um, where you have a, a, a battery charger charging your batteries, and when you, you have a power failure, the batteries would then, uh, through an inverter, provide you with power supply to whatever systems you want want done. And um, yes, it's it's a that, that's the simplest way you can do it. And there are many of these kinds of How much of are we talking about with the simple one? The simple one that you've just referred to, how much are we looking at? Um, the, you, you mean in rands and cents? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, it, 
they 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 vary from uh, I would say from ten thousand up to towards whatever you size you need. Um, it's it, uh, again you need to look at it holistically exactly what you want to supply, what you want to include into those. Uh, you might have people who want to say, okay, but I also I would also still want to make my coffee. I would still want to prepare a supper and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Then you, you, you're talking much more expensive. Sure. But, um, uh, but there, there are many, many systems in the market that can uh, actually apply, uh, be applied to, to that kind of requirement. And this will be my final question, but I mean, I have noted that 10,000 Rand is a high bar for many South African homes. And of course, that is just, from what I heard you say, that's just a base in terms of making the kind of necessary um, transfer or migration from traditional electricity and energy supplies, we know it, to what the future holds. But aside all of what we have said, from your work as MD of Inframid and as a consultant in energy, when you hear privatization of ESCOM, when you hear unbundling of ESCOM, what does it mean to you? What are the alarm bells that ring for you? Or what opportunities, put differently in another context, are you looking forward to about the rhetoric that is following ESCOM and that the status quo is no longer tenable? Yes, the, I, I think that just creates uh, many, many opportunities. Uh, if, and, and, and it also... Um, uh, fires up a lot of innovation, as you've mentioned uh, in the beginning. And uh, what's important is that organizations are experiencing this loss of operational capability and their productivity and profitability goes for the loop. And when they um, are in that situation that it could cause that kind of um, uh, uh, loss that that it can cause them, um they, they really need to be prepared on it, but look at it holistically and make sure that they um, uh, uh, do your feasibilities on the, the various aspects that they intend applying to make sure that they will eventually get their return on investment, whatever they do. Fantastic. Then let's leave it there, Mr. Nick Wister, an MD at Inframit. Yeah. It is time for us to go. We well, thank you so much for your time, and you're more than welcome to return mm-hmm. on another day on something similar to this as a topic. It's Thank you very much, and all the best. Excellent. All the best indeed to you and to the listeners of The Viewpoint at the time at which now we conclude the show. The time is 21.45, second episode of the new Soapy, Infogate.